Well, hello there. What's a smark, you ask? Well, we're a special type of fan who understands and appreciates the product on a more in-depth level than you. Or so we like to think. And now, the world's foremost authority. The Rogue of Wrestling, Michael Newman. It's too late yeah. for me. I'm like Gollum and the Ring Man. I'll jump in the fucking lava. It's, I don't want to, but it's gonna happen. The New Jersey Kid, Joe Sheehan. Hug Life, man. Hug Life, man, not Thug Life. What is this? Why is Bailey Thug Life now instead of Hug Life? You're listening to the Super Smart Brothers Pro Wrestling Podcast. Welcome, everybody, back to the Super Smart Brothers Pro Wrestling Podcast. This is episode number 76. We are back from a week off, and we got all sorts of crazy shit to talk about. So um, much. <laughs> we got we got Extreme Rules to talk about. We got the preview for Money in the Bank. We got, oh my gosh, we got some shit on Lucha Underground. The Cueto Cup has begun. Yes. We've got advocates getting choked out. Oh, uh, Can we talk about that now? Because I'm really excited about that. <laughs> yeah. So, oh yeah, because that, that was the last week thing. So, great, great chronology. Um, I think I said that completely wrong, yeah, but whatever. So, we, so we can tired. kind of talk about <laughs> bringing up the end of Extreme Rules first. Of uh, Samoa Joe is the number one contender going after Brock Lesnar. After a fantastic match. That was an awesome match. And dude, I thought I, he, even though Balor was the one that took the fucking loss, I thought he looked really good in it too. Oh, because they, they shined him up. They shined everybody up. Everybody looked good in that match. There was not a single time where I was like, oh, this match is boring. Or my attention was, like, diverted away from the match. It was constantly on the match. They they planned it out so well. I was like, remember how I, I think a few weeks ago I questioned, I was like, I don't know how five guys, it's a weird number. They pulled right. it off. That's all I can say. Like, <laughs> And I think a lot of what helped, too, was these five guys in particular, they've all, like, at least for the most part, even though Bray Wyatt is kind of, you know, iffy. They've all been mm. treated like bigger deals, and all five of these guys really brought it in the intensity. Mm-hmm. Especially in the match itself. Like, they were all going, you know, kicking at the high cylinders there. Even if they weren't the focus. Right. So, like, even off to the side, if they were brawling off to the side and the main focus was in the ring, you could still feel the intensity there. Mm-hmm. And also, we got a little bit of that tease for, uh, like, what would you think about a potential later tag team of Bray Wyatt and Samoa Joe as just two big hosses fucking people up? That it'd, it'd be good for Bray Wyatt. Samoa Joe might be a little bit of a downgrade right now. Yeah, well, def- definitely not right now. Um, yeah. I mean, who knows if ever, but uh, at least just from like a physical standpoint, they match up very well. Yes, and I, they like, worked from, very well together, which yeah, was from which a character was great standpoint, I don't think it could ever work, but... No, um, unless Bray become, became like a little more normal so to speak uh mm-hmm. but yeah i was surprised at how well they gelled though having mm-hmm. i think those were two of the guys that had never faced off before yeah i don't think so yeah because you know samoa joe was uh yeah because like bray Wyatt hasn't really fucking wrestled anywhere other than wwe so samoa mm-hmm. joe recently coming up was the only time um but yeah it fucking hell of a match i'm really glad that samoa joe won mostly because uh like if as long as it's not just a complete one-sided affair Samoa Joe and Brock Lesnar is the match I would most want to see. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I think there's we have no delusions. Like, whoever fights Brock at this pay-per-view is not winning. Yeah. But, you know, I think Samoa Joe actually presents the most legitimate-looking physical threat. Like, them standing together even this last Monday, I thought Joe looked pretty good against him. 
Well, even oh, dude, Paul Heyman's promoing for this match so far has just been just top notch. Uh, yeah, last he, week he really brings it for the guys that he likes. Yeah, and um, like he, it was great. He still put over Balor. Saying mm-hmm. that that would still be the the box office match, right? But then he put over Joe in a different way in the same promo. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. He was like, Joe will be the guy that like doesn't care about the box office, doesn't care about any of the outside the ring stuff. Like he just wants a piece of Brock Lesnar. And I think the quote was, he's like, I'm afraid that even if Brock wins, Joe will take a piece with him. Right. And I was just like, this, this is amazing. <laughs> I know. Isn't isn't it amazing when the the shit is done really well? Mm-hmm. And because so Heyman, of course, you know he, he did very well, like you just said. But then I think Joe also did damn well in this promo too. Yeah. And he, oh my god, Joe's Joe's been killing it with the promos. Like he's like recently. Yeah, he's he's been really kind of getting more comfortable into his style, which like he doesn't have to be yelly. He can be mm-hmm. just like quiet and serious and just matter to the fact that something very bad is going to happen to you now. I'm going to wrap my arm around your neck and you're going to pass out. Like, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> it's like very uh, Jake the Snake style. Exactly. Exactly. He's fucking menacing. And it's perfect, too, because he backs it up every damn time. Like, he's mm-hmm. he's never, well, I, I won't say never. I'm sure they've had him back down a couple of times. They're just like out of matches and shit. But generally, Joe is not fucking like a pussy. Like, he will fucking do what he says. So then when he talks like that, he doesn't have to yell at you. You know that what he's saying, he's not fucking around. And I love it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then the the choking out of Heyman, um, which it was crazy. Uh, on some on the one wrestling podcast I listened to, uh, one guy predicted that. He was like, you know what? I would just love to see Joe like choke out Paul. And then the week later it happened. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was a good visual. Like it's not, yeah, it's not the one that I would have thought of ahead of time, but it's good. Mm-hmm. Mostly because I think it just shows. Because part of what Heyman was trying to sell is that Samoa Joe doesn't give a fuck, mm-hmm. and I think that really sells that it's like, I'll, motherfucker, I will choke out Paul Heyman. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> if it if it draws out Brock Lesnar, then I'll do yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's the goal, what, and that's to, what he wanted. Yeah. His goal is to draw out Lesnar, which he did then this Monday. Um, what did you think of their pull apart brawl? Great, but it was it was just like the uh, the Lesnar Taker one from a few years ago, mm-hmm. like just not not a lot of talking. Just get them, pull them apart, let them get at each other again. Just the perfect setup. So I've been noticing that like does this happen in every single Lesnar feud? <laughs> it's the, the pull apart. He has the pull apart brawl. <laughs> Because it's a way for him to get physical with the guy ahead of the match, but without having a match. Yeah, which is great. Yeah. <laughs> Lesnar should be that limited guy. I wish they had more of those guys that they didn't just throw out there every single week. Like, I, I always feel that, like, Nakamura would be a good guy like that. Hmm. Yeah, Nakamura needs to be, like, yeah, maybe, like, an every other week kind of guy. Yeah. And that's partially because he's very one-note. I think if he, at this, because it, it's just, I guess he's one note at this point. He can develop yeah. his character to become more multi-dimensional, but right now he's very, very one note. Yeah. He's the, the artist. So dramatic. <laughs> just, 
Alright, uh, ready to run down the rest of Extreme Rules? Yeah, let's blast through the rest of this card. Yeah. Uh, we had Kalisto defeat Apollo Crews in the pre-match. Nothing big there. They're... Yeah, that shouldn't have happened. Apollo should have the, won that match. The ongoing thing with Titus and Akira Tozawa now and stuff is just very weird. Well, we'll, we'll get into the Titus brand later. I got shit to talk about with the Titus brand. <laughs> okay. Uh, Miz versus uh, Ambrose with the... If Ambrose is disqualified, he loses the title. They played it up that this was going to happen to Miz, but then the ref was like... The, the announcers, I think, said um, that the ref is going to have leniency with the disqualifications because of the stipulation. So why have the stipulation? I think I think that was to justify why he ended up throwing out Maurice instead of doing the disqualification because technically that should have been a disqualification. Yeah, absolutely should have. And that's that's why I was like, so I when I saw that spot because you know that's what I was pitching beforehand. Yeah, that, just right away do. though, right. That, but yeah, even better should have been just right away. Just because yeah. it just because Miz is a fucking pussy. Everybody knows it. That's yeah. part of his character. Um, but I I was just happy that they actually planned for the contingency. Like that was actually in the match. Like just that it was there at all. It was like thank you. Yeah. Like whether you're listening to me or just you're smart enough to think about it. Like at least that very obvious out was not ignored. Yeah, it it's the obvious choice for that character. Mm-hmm. And then you know of course we they ended up doing the whole like well. Because I think that makes sense. Like, if the ref sees it and it's like, well, okay, obviously you're just trying to get yourself disqualified, so, like, throw her out. Like, I, I think it kind of made sense. Like, they could have maybe sold it a little better on commentary of, like, explaining how it's like, well, he doesn't want to end the match because of this. Because, like, obviously Miz is just trying to cheat. Mm-hmm. Like, instead of, like, the way that the, the reason that the stipulation was put in was to prevent, like, you know, ball kicking and yeah. chair shots and stuff. Not, not that. Yeah, uh, but then it was kind of weird and interesting that Miz ended up getting the win just off of a pinfall. Then, like a yeah. distraction pinfall, but still, it was a distraction. Yeah, and I've actually enjoyed the the follow up to this. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we had Rich Swan and Tasha Banks defeat Noam Dar and Alicia Fox. Uh, really, uh, nothing. Yeah, whatever. This is the no hometown pop. Whatever, move along. Yeah, uh, the only faces to win. Though, yeah, that's true. On the main show. <laughs> How fucking weird is that? Uh, Alexa Bliss defeating Bailey in the kendo stick on a pole match. Oof, oof. Jesus Christ, oh. they're ruining the Bailey character. I'll get into that when we get to this week's Raw. Yeah, they're doing um, that, but oh, hold, hold on. This, was this not the most egregious, just like, fuck the rules, we do not care of all yeah. goddamn time? How many times did they say in that little video package and then in the vid- in the middle of the match, Michael Cole whoever gets, like, whoever the, gets it first yeah. can legally use it. And then Bailey gets in, it's like, Bailey can legally use the, the kendo stick now. And then, you know, Alexa Bliss just starts beating the shit out of her with it, and nobody says a thing. And then after and then, a couple times, no. then they're like, look, she can legally use it against Bailey. <laughs> I was like, what? Apparently, oh so I think God. someone checked with Jimmy Corderas on this, and apparently the rule is so, like, the first person to get... So they still fucked it up. Apparently it's the first person... Is legally able to use it, and then after that, it's free for all. Then why isn't it just a kendo stick match? I don't know. It's it's <laughs> Russo booking, so you know. <laughs> yeah, this was just. But then, god the, awful. My bigger problem with this was that you did not. The lead up was: Can Bailey be hardcore? And nope. <laughs> nope. She, she just can't. She just is a fucking loser. Yeah. And. 
yeah, they just they've been shitting on it even worse. Following up with on Raw, uh, I thought that weird little promo that she had with Corey Graves was pretty rough. Oh jeez. And then his comment afterwards, "I need a cigarette." I was like, "Did you just make a sex joke about Bailey?" <laughs> I yeah, I guess so. Because it was like I was trying to determine whether it was like, is he too stressed out, or is it because this is a weird sex joke of like, this is the farthest Bailey will go in sex, <laughs> or that like maybe Corey Graves is just like even more inexperienced and did he yeah. pre did he pre himself <laughs> off of a hug from Bailey, and that's why he needs a cigarette. Apparently. I think we know Corey Graves' dirty little secret. He's a virgin. You heard it here hugs. first, everybody, on Super Smart Brothers. Corey Graves is a virgin. I think he has kids. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure he does. <laughs> <laughs> well, he could have just uh, jacked into a cup. You don't know. <laughs> he could have waterfalled it in there. You like that image, kids? Somebody a waterfalling cum into somebody else's pussy? Uh, moving on. <laughs> if this if this had happened last night, <laughs> it would have been so much worse. Oh, uh, Titus Brand. So the... <laughs> Titus Brand is going places, friend. I'm telling you. I don't know how much of this is because I most of the time when I watch Raw, I watch the Hulu and then I supplement it with YouTube because mm-hmm. sometimes there's some clips that are on YouTube that aren't on Hulu. And I think this might end up actually just being like Raw exclusive, like the YouTube stuff. Uh, have you seen any of the Titus Brand conference skits? Uh, no. Okay, so they've they've done about like th- a couple of these now. Um, and what they do is, so Titus Brand comes in with Apollo Crews, and they come into like a conference meeting where there's, uh, you know, they're little little bench up at the front. They've got water bottles and a microphone and stuff, and then there's like a whole bunch of chairs set up, and then there's only ever one person in the crowd. It's just like one of the commentators that, you know, Titus always tries to set up like he's looking around for the first question. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, Charlie, go ahead. And then she'll ask some sort of question. It's usually something negative about the Titus brand, about how it's like, oh, well, how did you feel about losing your match tonight? Or uh, like, did you know that the Titus brand's winning percentage is like 33%? <laughs> something like that. And then he's always just like, he just like dodges the question. And then he's like, ah, you know what? Let, let's see what else we got out here. <laughs> just like fucking ignores it. <laughs> It's it's pretty good actually. Like I'm I'm enjoying the Titus brand. I think this is the best thing Titus O'Neil's done. This is probably the best thing Apollo Cruz has been a part of so far. Uh, I would like to see some more people get recruited to the Titus brand. Like Akira Tozawa? No, not Akira Tozawa. Actually, I think Tony Nice should be. Hmm. Uh, yeah, he's been trying this Titus brand thing for a while with those press conferences, well, and I think yeah. now it's starting to click. Mm-hmm. Because well, because now he's got Apollo Cruz. Mm. So now he actually has somebody, I think it gives it a little like bit more. Playing off of kind of a thing. Right, because I think Apollo actually does play off of him decently too. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's done, he's still growing into it, but... Is he more of... So wait, is Apollo in these skits? Yeah, he's in these skits too, and he... Will make is he play. more of the straight man kind of a yes. thing? Yeah. He oh, does. that's what makes it work. Yeah, he he kind of makes Titus seem more ridiculous. Yeah, because that's... he's like, well, like, well, answer their question. Or like, what are you guys, what are you doing? Like, you know yeah, the Titus brand isn't doing well. Like, what are we going to do to turn it around? And then he's like, oh, you just focus on the win, baby. Make it a win. <laughs> like, that's sort of like corporate buzzword talk that Titus does. Because that's why I, th- I felt like Tom Phillips was one of the key components to making that the Jericho and Owen stuff work. 
mm. was you had right. that straight man announcer sitting there when like Jericho's doing like the long pause and then it or like mm. saying his name wrong like twenty million times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, I think Apollo Cruz has been helping to make it work. <clears throat> and yeah, I think it'd be really good to put Tony Nice in there. Mm. Specifically Get someone him because character. I think yeah, like uh, because Tony Nice needs somebody to talk for him. That guy can't do it for himself, mm. at least not yet. And this would give him a little bit more safety to grow that and see if he eventually could. Two, it would put him into a situation where then you could do a tag team, just like Apollo Cruz and Nice are the tag team and Titus is the manager, or you could do like you know occasional third guy swapping in with Titus in there too. Um, but then like you know just character wise, I think Apollo Cruz and Titus or Tony Nice would match up as just both being these like superb athletes and that would fit well with the Titus brand persona. And because he's white, it wouldn't just be like a straight up black guy thing. Cause like if he just recruits all the black guys, then it's like, well, what is this a black guy stable? Mm. But him having a white guy, then it would just be like, Oh, okay. That's not a race thing. New nation of domination. Well, not necessarily that, but just like, cause new day is already like all black, you know, group. And I just, I don't know. I just wouldn't want it to be all about that. I want him to just be all about the the money, which is kind of what he is doing at this point. Yeah. Even like uh, modifying Akira Tozawa's like, yeah, yeah, to the cha-cha-cha-ching. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, it's obnoxious, and it's it's good. I think it mm-hmm. works. Yeah. Uh, so then next up, we had Cesaro and Sheamus defeating the Hardy Boys. I thought that the apocalypse was going to happen. Because Cesaro and Sheamus finally defeated the Hardy Boys. Well, not really, because this... it was a draw. <laughs> it was a double countout. Well, Extreme Rules. <laughs> oh, right, right, Extreme Rules, yeah. Okay. Yeah, which even was questionable, because the rules was, this was a steel cage match, but there was no pinfalls or submissions, so it was only escape the cage. Right. And both tag team members had to escape. So at one point, Jeff makes it out, right? Mm-hmm. I think Jeff was out. Yeah, Jeff and was then... out. Uh, left leaves Matt to get double teamed by Cesar and Sheamus. Jeff comes back in and they try escaping the cage by the door while Cesar and Sheamus climb out. But Cesar and Sheamus hit first, but I believe Matt hit first on the other side. So oh, Yeah, yeah, because Matt does, was out and he was dragging Jeff's body. Yeah, so does Jeff not being out before, like, not count anymore because he came back in. Like, right, it was very he, weird. Yeah, when he came back in, that resets him in the match, I guess. Yeah. But it's just, you know what would have been a lot better? Um, what if they had let there be pinfalls and submissions in this match? Yes. And then what you do is have the story of, you know, Cesaro and Sheamus are beating the fuck out of the Hardy Boys, and then, you know, eventually Jeff does still go for that escape, but then they keep Matt in. And then mm-hmm. they revealed that was their plan all along. Let Jeff escape so that they can just double team and fuck Matt. So Jeff keeps mm-hmm. trying to get back in. And Cesaro's like playing, you know, keep out. Just keeps yeah. Jeff out while then coming back. And then they just kill Matt and pin him. Mm-hmm. Or like double submit him. Like anything. Like just fucking kill him. <laughs> yeah. Would have been great. And also maybe could have left to some, like adding a little more depth to the Hardy Boys. Like. Matt getting upset at Jeff for that or something like that. Right, exactly. That could have been a very good catalyst of like, well, why did you get out when I you know, wasn't out yet? Mm-hmm. And you know, could be like, well, I was trying to get back in, bro, but like they were fucking me up, bro, bro. He turns into uh, Jim. He turns into Vince Russo. 
<laughs> bro. Oh my god, I'm trying to get back into the cage, bro. After that table for three, uh, Russo get got mad at both Cornette and uh, Bischoff. So now on Bischoff's podcast, anytime he can, he'll be like, bro, 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 bro. <laughs> Dude, you, did you hear about the fucking uh, shoot fight that Cornette was trying to throw at uh, Dude, I at listened Russo? to Cornette's podcast. It was amazing. He was hyping it the whole the whole podcast. He was like, at the end, it's no holds barred. Like, yeah. I'm I'm calling someone out, and I was just like, what What's going on? And then it was just him fucking destroying Russo. Yeah, what he said it was like, uh, it's like, look, I'll pay you like what five grand or something. No, he's, guns, he's gonna no bring police, no. Nothing. Yeah, he's gonna bring five grand in cash. Yeah, uh, Russo just has to text them a date, a time, and a location, and Cornette will drive there. Because Cornette's like, I know you live with your in-laws, and I know you probably don't have a car. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And then did you fucking see Russo's response, too? Uh, was that his apology? And he like, yeah. He's what like, a... I'm sorry you weren't as successful as me, and I'm sorry, like, Smoky Mountain Wrestling failed and all this stuff. Yep. And then was, like, trying to, you know, sell himself up about it. I was like, you're, you're always jealous of me because I had the highest rated segment of all time. <laughs> oh, my gosh. What a fucking idiot and a pussy meanwhile cornette was successful in every promotion he ever stepped foot in <laughs> but it's like i mean yeah there's there's also all that shit about like the facts of just how bad russo is and whatnot mm-hmm. but i'm talking like on a straight man-to-man level if somebody fucking ever called you out like that and said like hey guaranteed no guns no knives no police so you're not gonna die mm-hmm. like would you ever be a bitch enough to turn down that fight Especially a guy like Jim Cornette. Like, he admitted in that promo. He's like, I'm not a fighter, but I will fight you. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, this is just not Brock Lesnar calling you out. This is some fucking middle-aged guy. Who likes double cheeseburgers. (laughs) Who likes double cheeseburgers. Oh, my gosh. What a fucking pussy. Double meat, double cheese, motherfucker. (laughs) That's Bruce Pritchard's uh, impression of Cornette. Yeah. Because it's like, I mean, I have my issues with Cornette. Just in like that, I disagree with him on certain things, but it's like you know what? Oh, at yeah. least at least he's fucking man enough that it's like when it comes to shove, like he'll fucking throw down. But Russo mm-hmm. won't. Like he's just, and that's that's not even necessarily a male or female thing. I would I would hold the same standard between female to female. Like if some female was gonna call somebody out in this that same way, and if you fucking puss out, it's like you suck. Yeah. Like you you suck. <laughs> uh, speaking of submissions, though. <laughs> Speaking of submissions, uh, Neville defeating Austin Aries in a submission match to retain the Cruiserweight Championship. Did not expect that. I, I guess I didn't either because I think I did predict Aries, but this one I definitely yeah. could have seen going both ways. And yeah. Yeah, I'm totally fine with Neville keeping the title. Yeah, and he seems to have like a internum program with TJP mm-hmm. and a couple other guys. Next, dude. Yeah. Tozawa's so, next. Well, after, after because on 205 Live this last week, then Tozawa got the win over TJP. Yeah. So, and didn't that get that guaranteed him the title shot, right? I don't I don't think so, but I think like the implication is definitely that Tozawa's the next guy because Neville was like <laughs> watching the match and stuff. Yeah. I thought the announcer said something. I could be wrong. Maybe. Or maybe it was kind of like an unofficial that it was like, hey, these guys are like both going for the title, so we're seeing <laughs> who's going to be the next number one contender, basically. Um,. And then, of course, we already went through our main offense. Samoa Joe now going against Brock Lesnar. Great balls of fire. Great balls of fire. The dick and balls pay-per-view. <laughs> Did you see the logo? Yes. 
Jesus shit Christ. is hilarious. Uh, okay, let's see. Uh, one note, I actually had a very brief question for you because mm. um, I've been looking kind of at like just some of the different cruiserweights and I've been wondering kind of like what their long-term sort of game and potential is because Tozawa definitely seems to be the next guy as the challenger for Neville. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm not really convinced that he's going to win. I don't think that Tozawa is going to become the cruiserweight champion. Mm-hmm. Because he's just so limited as far as a character and his promos and different shit like that. And so I was thinking, because they've been building a little bit of this like Titus brand rivalry here with like uh, Kalisto and Apollo Crews, but then Tozawa's been trying to be recruited. I think at some point they're going to build to a tag match with uh, Kalisto and Tozawa teaming up against Apollo Crews and either you know Titus O'Neil or somebody else that he would recruit. Yeah. But I was thinking about that and I was like, that might be a pretty interesting team. What if, like, because if it goes well, what if they even decide to resurrect the Lucha Dragons, but have it be Kalisto and Tozawa? Yeah, just like the the high flying tag team. Yeah, just like these two high energy sort of guys, and they they can be you know still a little bit different gimmick. Like Kalisto's doing a little bit more of like the Drago cosplay, mm-hmm. and <laughs> Tozawa's being like his himself. Yeah, it's like they have they have similar styles. But they also have like different styles in the in a sense. The Tazawa coming from like the Japanese style, so it would be a very interesting tag team. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to see it at least a little bit. I think mm-hmm. we're probably going to see it at least for one match. So we'll see where it goes. But here's my super early prediction of the the recreation of the Lucha Dragons. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So if it happens, we can we can call back to this. And... Right. Exactly. We'll be like, hey, seventy six episode seventy six. We said it was going to happen. Resurrection on June, of the Lucha June 16th, 2017. <laughs> exactly. Um, what do you think of Miz's quest to restore the Intercontinental Belt? Is it working? Um, I think it is because I've actually enjoyed him and Dean's feud now after Extreme Rules. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like they're going like with the old school stuff, like uh, the celebration with Miz thinking being like so paranoid that thinking like the bear and then the, the grand uh, the package that ended up being grandfather clock had mm-hmm. Dean in it. It like brought me back to a time of like back in WCW when um cactus Jack surprised, uh, I think it was sting out of like a box kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And so I, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. I think it's like extremely entertaining. And I mean, in terms of wrestling so far, the, the belt hasn't been, like, since Extreme Rules, the belt hasn't been, like, too much of a focus for wrestling, but it has been entertaining, and I think that, yeah, I think Miz can bring it up again. So, I mean, I think he kind of even already has, like, through his year, like, basically, of being the on-and-off champion. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, pretty sure, yeah, definitely. But then, of course, now he's continuing it with the whole, uh, I'm trying to, what do you call it, the comeback tour? Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I, I've been digging these uh, segments both uh, last week and then this week with uh, you know Miz being because it's they've been doing like what would seem like the typical WWE formula of just like the basic most first joke you can think of that it's like oh yeah of course Ambrose is in the box yeah you know but this has been like the step above of like oh well we know about that segment and we we're playing on the past and these characters are smart enough to think that this might be a trick. Mm-hmm. So they're playing off that, and then they're actually taking it a step further because Ambrose is knowing that Miz is going to think that it's a trick, and therefore is like tricking him past the trick. Yeah, 
like you said, we saw in this, this week of right, he was the cameraman the whole time. Yeah. Watching him freak out about all these other things. It was like, wow, this is actually fucking smart. Yeah. Like these characters feel smart instead of being complete fucking idiots. And it's it's, it's focusing on the title, right? Like these have been some of the more entertaining uh, segments on Raw. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's been really good, actually. Uh, and mm-hmm. I think it probably helps, too, that the Universal title is not there. So the Intercontinental title gets to have a little bit more of that shine. Mm-hmm. But uh, this brings me into the fan question of the week, because the best time to bring it up. In honor of Miz's seventh Intercontinental title win, who, in your opinion, is the greatest Intercontinental champion of all time? Oh. <laughs> Shit, that's a tough one. Yeah, this, this is a good question because there's there's a lot of fucking good answers. That's the problem, right? I mean, you've got Jericho, who's held it the most times. Yeah. You've got Honky Tonk Man, who went on the streak. Because I, I would kind of rule Honky Tonk out of it just because his only thing is that he held it the longest. Like, yeah, not I that, mean, he didn't. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. Like, I love the, the Intercontinental title has kind of these like rose-colored glasses tint to it where people are like, well, back in the day that the best workers had it who were like going to be the next champions. And it was like, that wasn't always the case. I mean, Honky Tonk, <laughs> he, he was a decent worker. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But he wasn't like Shawn Michaels level. Right. <sighs> the mm. Rock held it too. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, But it's because I, I, I'm trying to think of it because like, yeah, you could just pick like the greatest superstar who ever held the Intercontinental title or yeah, like I'm trying to think of it as the way like who was the best elevated. as the Intercontinental champion like when they were holding it, like who elevated the title the most. And I don't know, it's it's tough because it's like. It's, it's weird because you, you think about the time periods, you can only think about them really from the time period we are now in the past. Mm-hmm. But like, I'm trying to think of like, trying to like put my mind in the time of like when Michaels had it and when Hart had it. And it's like, were they elevating it in the same way that right now Miz is elevating it from where it was? Or were they simply like maintaining a legacy of like a greatness that already was? Because, like, I feel like more than anybody, Miz is making the belt because he's had to rescue it from a really bad doldrum. Because, like, Mm -hmm. when Hart and Michaels were winning it, it was still a bigger deal, and they continued to make it a big deal. Whereas, like, in the modern era, it's been such a bad... I definitely see... Yeah. yeah. So, I don't know. Like, in in a weird way, and it pains me very personally to say this sort of thing, but I might have to say that Miz is the greatest intercontinental champion of all time. Because he's melded his persona so much with the belt that it's it's almost like become his personal mission in WWE to make the intercontinental title great. And because he's so goddamn determined to do it, it's kind of working. So. You know? Maybe. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm looking at a history of the championships right now, and I completely okay. agree with you. Mm-hmm. The only other options I can throw out there is I think Randy Savage slash Ricky Steamboat because of their mm-hmm. match from WrestleMania three. So then, who would you pick then as the champion? Would you say Savage is the greatest or Ricky Steamboat? Um, 
probably Savage, right? Because he was the bigger star. Savage. Yeah, I would say he was the bigger star, and then he elevated Ricky. And I think that's when, I would say that was the point that, like, catapulted the Intercontinental title to where, what as you were saying, mm-hmm. it was catapulted up at that point. And that's where Mr. Perfect, Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, and all those guys mm-hmm. took it and kept it elevated. Right, and it only meant so much. Like it got catapulted up into that level of meaning because Savage had it and made it such a big deal, and then passed it off to Steamboat. Yeah, I mean, because look, right after Savage passes off to Ricky Steamboat, you get the Honky Tonk Reign. Then you get Ultimate Warriors multiple reigns, right? Which led to him getting the championship, and that's where you see, like the that's when it started with the the next champion was going to take it. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, okay. I think that's a pretty good case, too, then. Because it, it really yeah. helped. Like, Savage was the one that gave it that identity. Because, yeah, in a lot of ways, too. Because what the the idea of the Intercontinental title is that it's like you're like the number two, like the upcoming sort of guy who's going to eventually become the number one guy. Mm. And Savage was the number two guy to Hogan. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, Ho- he had Hogan before Savage. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's a good question. I think that was well answered then. So I guess depending on uh, your perspective or something, Miz or maybe Savage. Yeah. Then plenty of other good Whatever. Answers. Hart and Michaels. <laughs> Did you ever think we would compare Miz to the Macho Man? Oh, no. I never predicted that one, brother. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, let me predict something else for you. Um, Big Cass is attacking Enzo. And at this point, I'm I'm not going to be satisfied unless that's the storyline. But is he attacking himself then? Two weeks in a row. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's my that's my problem with it. If it ends up being gas. Yeah. So. And then you've got this weird thing with Big Show in it now, and. <laughs> well, because I think. Part of why I want this to happen is because I think the the match that you could build to at SummerSlam would be Big Cass versus Big Show with Enzo in his corner. And maybe like, you know, Big Cass is the heel, Big Show is the face, and Big Cass can just fucking destroy Big Show as mm-hmm. like a first really big stamp win of like, this is Big Cass's singles career, motherfucker. Yeah. This is how it's starting off. Yeah, I'm putting the Big Show down. Because that's... That's what I would like to see, because I think, well, because I I think you could probably put Enzo and Cass back together and again at some point. It would be good to kind of let both of them grow a little bit and see what they, because Enzo can go tag with somebody else or manage somebody else. I mean, who knows? They might stick him with Big Show for a little while. Yeah. Um. But yeah, just after, at, well, after this whole thing too with the um, just I don't know. I think the storytelling is heading at this point in the direction of like, there's no way that it's not going to be Cass because uh, after Cass and, or what was it? Big show and Enzo teamed up and they beat the club, right? Mm-hmm. The other week. And then this week, Enzo and Cass lost to the club. And so Enzo and Cass is already being jealous of big show in general because it was like, Hey, what the fuck? Like, you know, I got injured and you replaced me right away like you know remember when you got injured i never replaced you with a tag team partner but you go yeah. out and you get big show right away like you don't care about me mm-hmm. so i think maybe him 
hurting himself is kind of like he knew that that was going to happen and he's setting up his own sort of like self-fulfilling prophecy of like see because i think and this is me reading way too much into this probably i think the original storyline is so Cass is fed up with enzo because enzo keeps making them lose matches and shit right yes so then Cass is looking back on his career so far and he realizes the time that he was most successful was when Enzo was injured because mm-hmm. that's when he was able to be a singles guy. He was in that four-way that determined the universal champion. Like, he, I think that's going to be the storyline point that he points to that it's like, look, when I was on my own, I was almost universal champion. When I'm with you, I, we can't beat anybody. Like we haven't even gotten the tag team titles, right? We haven't even gotten the tag titles, and we've been going after them for like over a goddamn year, and we never got the NXT tag titles either. (laughs) Like, fuck. So then his idea was like, all right, well, I'm just gonna injure Enzo, so that Enzo will be out for a little while, and then I can be a singles guy again. And then I guess Enzo recovered, so then the plan didn't work. So then, Mm -hmm. so then Enzo starts getting suspicious, and then he has to start covering his own tracks and be like, well, shit. I have to make sure that it seems like somebody is attacking us, so I have to attack myself now. So, <laughs> I think that's where it's coming from. Like, it's kind of sloppy, but I guess it makes sense. Because he doesn't want to, like, you know, have Enzo figure it out. He'll... I, th- I guess yeah. he just, like, keeps hoping that maybe Enzo will just get injured again at some point. I don't know. <laughs> I just, I'm not sure I what long-term they, strategy is, but... They reveal something more soon. Yeah, I think, I think it's going to have to boil over really soon. Probably, uh at Great Balls of Fire, if not sooner. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah boil over the Great Balls of Fire, perfect. <laughs> but yeah, I think Cass, has, Cass is going heel there, and uh, we'll see what happens. Especially, too, because then after, like, there was that bit where Big Show was talking to Enzo, and he says, like, you know, I think your partner is S-A-W-F-T soft. Like, you fucking know that moment's going to be in the video package for, yeah. the, for the feud between Enzo and Cass. <laughs> Where it's like, oh yeah, he's soft, <laughs> and then they're gonna start <laughs> no, calling each I'm other. I'm the soft. realest guy in the room. <laughs> I'm the realest guy, and you're the softest guy. Pull out your pants, show us all. I know you're soft. <laughs> Maybe that's not what they're talking about, but I think it is. I always think they're talking about dicks, <laughs> like when somebody's soft, <laughs> like they have uh, erectile dysfunction. Yeah, that's what they're. That's what they're saying to people but they're saying in a pg way so that the kids can say it <laughs> and they spell it differently too yeah so. you're soft <laughs> Ugh. Um, um, but over to smackdown we got um yes fucking lana just deciding that she's getting a title shot i guess yeah that's what happens when it when you're the last option you can just come out and be like i want a title shot no and then just go up to shane later and argue it more and then you get the title shot yeah, um, I really want Naomi to just crush Lana. I think that'd be great. But um, I'm I'm legitimately afraid they're gonna just give. Lana I think away. they're gonna pull the upset, man. I think they're fuck. God damn it! I was really hoping you were gonna be like, no, that's stupid. They're not gonna do that. <laughs> no, I think. They're <laughs> but I was like, oh, fuck. God damn it! Now they're definitely gonna do it. <laughs> if you suspect it, and I suspect that it's gonna happen. <laughs> oh, son of a bitch! Why are they doing? We're this? gonna get a Lana title reign. And it's and it's you know what I bet it's because um, I, it's part of it I think is because it's gonna be her debut match, her debut mm-hmm. singles because they've been playing that up a lot. That it's like oh it's her debut singles match you never know what can happen. Oh fucking god damn it they're gonna give Lana the win. 
they're going to give Wanda the stupid belt. Now the question is, um, do does Rusev get involved in this, or does he get involved in the title match? What do you mean? So Rusev still hasn't appeared, right? Since since it's advertised like two weeks ago to return, and then it's been like four weeks now. Yeah. Um. So do you think he maybe? is sticking with Lana and gets involved in this match to help her win? Or do you think that he gets involved in the um, main title match, the world title match with Orton and uh, Jinder Mahal? Hmm. Honestly, at this point, I think it would be almost more likely that he gets involved with Lana's match, but I don't think he's actually going to be on the pay-per-view at all. Mm -hmm. Um, Mostly because I think in the pay-per-view, I think um, Orton's going to lose again. I think Mahal's retaining the title. Um, so I think it would be kind of weird to have Rusev come out. Like, if Orton was going to get the title back, then I could see Rusev coming out and setting up the next feud sort of thing. Or I guess he could come out as, like, a favor for Jinder. Like, mm-hmm. if the Singh brothers aren't enough, then he has to, like, recruit his old tag buddy, Rusev, yeah. <laughs> from that, you know, illustrious little tag team they had. It was, like, what, two weeks? I think so. <laughs> two or three weeks. <laughs> Where they just decided to be buddies. I guess maybe that could happen. That could maybe. Be. But I... Mm, I don't know. I, my only hesitation in saying that would happen is because I feel like when Cena comes back, he's feuding with Mahal right away. So I think if Rusev were coming out, that would extend the Orton program too long. Because then it'd be like, oh, well, they'd have to have another match now. Because I guess you have to have Rusev out of it. <laughs> but I could definitely... Yeah, I, it could happen. I, I honestly do think that Rusev's just not going to be on the show, though. Yeah. Um, we also had the return of Zack Ryder. Yeah. This week. The, uh, and apparently the reformation of the Hype Brothers. Or the Hype now, Brothers. how do you see this going? Because Zack's coming back saying, um, we have unfinished business. Like, mm. I earned us this title shot. And this is between, so SmackDown, they had him returning and then the two of them got to talk on Talking Smack mm-hmm. uh, and saying, like, that's what he's been working back for. Like, this this title match that they that he earned at the Battle Royal, I think it was, like, six months ago to the day that when he returned on SmackDown. That's right. And <laughs> I totally forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. So do you think it's um, they come back, they get the title shot, they lose... And do you think Zach turns on Mojo, saying like, "You you're concentrated on your singles career, and you I worked all the way back for this title match, and you didn't help"? Or do you think it's reversed with Mojo saying like they lose, and Mojo going like, "You bring me down." Like mm-hmm. when you left, I won the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. That's interesting. Or do, or do they just stay buddy buddy? Well, that's. I mean, it's interesting because actually, you just you actually created a compelling argument for why Mojo could turn heel. Because in my mm-hmm. mind, I was like, oh well, if anybody turns heel, it's going to be Ryder. Like, no doubt, in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I was like, okay, well, maybe maybe it could be Mojo, but I still think it would eventually be Ryder. Mm-hmm. But I I think they're actually going to try and see how long they can go as a tag team for a little bit, just because right now they've already got the. Uh, Golden Truth breakup storyline, and they're ready to pull the Enzo and Cass storyline. So, which just quick side note, Golden Truth storyline has been awesome. Yeah, although they do need to fucking get to a match here 
at some point. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they can't just but keep... I have enjoyed I have enjoyed all the movie references. Yeah. Well, that's because we're fucking movie buffs, so we like yeah. that. It's like, ah ha ha, we like movies. <laughs> but I think they do need to get to a match. Um, but yeah, I think that's they'll hold off on the hype bros for a little while, just because they have those other breakup angles going on. Mm-hmm. Um, until those are kind of resolved, and then they can do this one. And in the meantime, it's like you know, fuck it. Like, let's see how much heat you can get with the hype bros. Like, see yeah, if they actually could become a popular, you know, top face team on SmackDown. Because SmackDown's doing really well with their tag team, so yeah. So I, I say at this point, because you want to hold off on it for a little bit anyway, really fucking push it and see how hard you can go. And if it doesn't fucking work, okay, we wanted to break them up anyway. So yeah, SmackDown has the options. It's nice. Like they don't need another tag team. It's just going to be like icing on top of the cake, but if they split them up as well, it's going to be good as well too. So, plus, I, I think it would be it'd be nice because you would have another team to kind of be in there and potentially feud with the Usos if you didn't want to just be straight doing Usos and New Day all the time, because mm-hmm. then you can still have the Fashion Police be off on the side doing some stuff with the Colognes and the Ascension or whatever for a little bit. American Alpha needs to come back into the picture. Oh God, where have they been? I don't know. Like, is one of, are one of them injured? No, they're just not getting used. Just, all right. I don't know. what. Maybe they're trying to figure out, like, if they're going to go heal, how to do it right. Maybe. Because I, th- I would like to see maybe a little bit of, like... Because, you know what? When people go heal, that's when they're able to discover more of their personality. Mm-hmm. Because you can experiment a lot more with a heal. You can do a lot more shit as a heal. And then when you find all the shit that works, then you can kind of compile it together and then turn face. Mm-hmm. Basically. Because when you start getting over doing your heel shit, that's when you have to turn face, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I think that would be good. Like, let American Alpha be heel for a little bit. Because right now they've got they've got the Hype Bros, they've got the Fashion Police, they've got New Day on the face side. SmackDown's okay on face side. Mm-hmm. And really, they only have the Usos as far as credible heels. So, actually, American Alphas would probably do really well as heels right now. Yeah. Fuck it. American Alphas for heels. I'd like to see it. Um, it would give them some uh, character. Yeah, but then eventually we'll get, I think, Ryder turning heel on Mojo. Um, let's see. The other thing in the tag division I really wanted to bring up was the fucking golden segment with Fashion Police and New Day. That shit <laughs> was hilarious. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's it. Uh, I just wanted to say it was fucking hilarious. I don't know. <laughs> did you see the one? No, I was thinking of... Um... Their segment with um, did you see the picture of Sami Zayn in the background? Maybe what what was the thing about it? It's, it had generic written on it, and it was like needs oh, a mask. <laughs> that was fucking genius, dude. I was like, oh my god, that's fantastic. <laughs> oh my god, oh, that, dude, with Zayn with his whole fucking uh, all right. So two weeks ago, he was trying to sell everybody on Nakamura, but basically just a promo where it was like. You know, hey, uh, Zane, why don't you talk to us about Money in the Bank and what your plans are? And he's like, well, yeah, Money in the Bank's coming up, and I'm going to try to win, but, like, isn't Shinsuke Nakamura fucking great? He <laughs> was like, dude, why are you selling Shinsuke harder than yourself? <laughs> but then I liked the following week, and he, him, he's talking with AJ and Nakamura, and then he walks away, and Nakamura's like, I like him. <laughs> yeah, oh, my God. I love that Nakamura and us are the three people that, like, six-man tag Zami. <laughs> Everybody else finds it just be this annoying, rancy little fuck, and we're just like, I like him. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Um, what do I have here? SmackDown. 
two uh, weeks oh, worth of notes. What do you so. think free agent John Cena means? Because they've been advertising him really hard as like free agent John Cena. It means they're scared of the ratings and they want both shows to get higher ratings. So that they do they still really think that's the complete answer is just throw Cena on and the ratings will improve. Throw Cena or the McMahon on and you get ratings. I don't know how to. I don't know why they don't understand the math, and that like that doesn't necessarily actually. Isn't it kind of oppositely true? At least when you're talking about, like, Stephanie McMahon? <laughs> was it? Because I'm trying to remember. Wasn't there this big whole thing about, um... When the fuck was it? This would have been, like, I guess in the early 2000s or something, when, like, ratings were tanking because, like, Stephanie and Triple H were stinking up. Well, it's because the they kept doing those opening segments. Right. So, so I, I think in their maybe, minds... Maybe are like, you saying that McMahon meaning Vince McMahon? Any of the McMahons. Like, even Triple H, um... Mm-hmm coming back uh but vince is like the last resort vince is when we're really in the shitter and we need to pull pull back up um but i just they just don't understand how ratings work like you just went up against the stanley cup playoffs and the nba finals Mm -hmm. like you're you're gonna lose your audience at that time there's just no those things happen once a year take the hit and continue on yeah it's also summertime People don't watch as much TV in the summertime. Well, it, you know what? Another thing I also want to point out, too, is that uh, you know, if, if the things I've been reading were correct, that uh, SmackDown is somewhat regularly beating Raw in the ratings now. Yes. Hmm. I wonder why that is. Maybe because SmackDown's many ratings reasons. are growing. Uh, maybe it's because the show is better, and when the show is better, more people just want to watch. Maybe. Maybe sitting there for two hours is better than sitting there for three. It's infinitely better, dude. I, because like there's a difference between one hour and two hours, but the difference between two and three, is, like, it's it's enormous. It's so it's much crazy worse. when I go from like Monday Night Raw, I'm like, oh god, never ends. Tuesday Night SmackDown, I'm like, oh, it's already over. And then NXT, I'm like, oh, it blinked. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, with NXT 205 Live and Lucha Underground. She's like, oh, shit. All right, that happened. (laughs) (laughs) I've got so much time left for activities. (laughs) So much time for activities now? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Um, So Um, should we move on to some of the other shows then? I mean, do you have anything from 205 Live or NXT? Uh, I had... Let's see. I had, I guess, one other point from 205 Live. I liked that... um, Let's see, this, is, this would have been the two-week-ago 205 Live when mm-hmm. Ali was having the match against the fucking Jabberman. And, oh, and uh, Gulak comes out and was yeah. like yelling at him and stuff, and then he ends up fucking winning with the roll-up. And then Gulak was like, yes! Yeah. Like, I loved that it was like, that fit his character. Instead of it just being like so black-and-white heel of just him being like, well, he would still be upset because he won. It's like, no, he was yeah. uh, happy because him winning that way proves his point. Also, the no-fly zone sign is really funny. Yeah. So I just I thought that was done very well. Like that was a, mm-hmm. a well thought out smart angle for a match. Yeah. Um, and then let's see. The other thing from Two Hundred Five Live was just that the Cedric Alexander Alicia Fox storyline is terrible and needs to end. Yeah. <laughs> There's just oh, Two Hundred Five Live, man. They need to to revamp it or something. I I don't know. I think it's just it's just they have rough patches sometimes because some of the storylines are weak. Uh, and some of them just aren't progressing fast enough. Like, it's just, they're kind of finding their groove. Mm-hmm. 
Because I, I will give them. Like, I will give them credit. We now have two matches announced a complete week ahead of time for next week. Mm-hmm. And, and we I'm have like, okay. like yeah, there you yeah, go. We have like kind of a hierarchy established. A lot of people have signed like at least some sort of character now. Like mm-hmm. it's taken a little while, but they're starting to get their feet. I think. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's pretty much it for 205 Live. Uh, NXT, I thought it was kind of ridiculous with uh, Bobby Roode giving that promo against Bobby, or against, uh, Jesus, Roddy. And then yeah. Roddy just doesn't say anything back to him. Like, nope. Just sits Bobby there and Roode's just it. like, you're a little bitch and you can't beat me. Ha ha, bye. And Roddy's just like, and you're well, just like, I guess dude, I am. Dude, you just played a promo where like this kid, what, what was it? Was it his dad shot his mom or something like that? I think it was the other way. I think his mom shot his dad. Mom shot his dad, yeah. And I'm just like, and he's just going to take a verbal beating. Okay, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, well, I guess you just took a giant shit in my mouth. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, The only note I have from NXT is just the, I, I like the Itami and Ono stuff. Yeah, I think they're they're definitely building up to something there. Um, I, I also thought it was interesting. There was that little segment with uh, Almas after he had lost his match, and then uh, that girl came up and slapped him. Mm-hmm. And was like, is was this what the, you are now? The girl that was, was that the uh, girl that was translating for him before? I don't know. Maybe this, this was like this would be almost a year ago. I feel like they were doing the translation thing with him, and I thought that was actually going to help him, but then they just dropped it. That that probably fucking would have. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't remember. But okay. I am hoping this is leading to like maybe she'll be like his manager, and she's going to like help him focus. So mm. then he can be like a more vicious heel and win some matches. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be good. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much it for me for NXT as well. Good. Um, now we so, can go on to Lucha Underground, which was yeah. has been so entertaining the past two weeks. Oh, my God. This shit is so good. Uh, so did you catch up on the uh, all-night long match? Yes. And then we continued into the all-night long match last week um, with Mundo just being an absolute fantastic heel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> The, the all the run-ins tie oh and we have some news mundo yes. and taya engaged yes they're so i'm wondering whether they legitimately just got engaged or like if they had got engaged before but then they announced it now to like coincide with the big win on lucha underground maybe but either way congratulations yes um yeah all the run-ins and that the, the finals for the all night long match was great yeah, that was fucking awesome. We got uh, some more developments in the tag team division with Drago turning heel. Mm-hmm. At Cobra Moon, like, brainwashes and takes control of him. So I've, I've been uh, digging that, too, because I think Drago has a very good, like, he he just works very well as a heel. Mm-hmm. Like, just the way that the character looks and moves and stuff, like, it's, it's perfect. And um, I, just, so- I like the deepening of the lore, too. With the whole yes. like charming ability of Cobra Moon and the Snake Tribe and shit, it's mm-hmm. cool. Um, and we got the announcement of the Quato Cup. Yes, that's a, okay. I was trying to switch back between this week and last week. Yeah, so last week we had the announcement of the Quato Cup, going to be a single elimination tournament with a trophy at the end plus a title shot at, at Ultima Lucha Tres. So this is a big fucking deal. Um. I ended up having to search around a little bit for this, but did you see that they actually have a bracket? No. Yeah, so they actually have a bracket up, and uh, it's time for some ultimate Psychic Newman predictions. I have the entire bracket filled out. (laughs) And I did not... (laughs) Of course I do. So, 
I didn't look at spoilers, so this might be wrong. Okay. Uh, the only things we do know are the couple matches, because this week that we just had were all Quato Cup matches, pretty much. Yes. Uh, so this we, past we week, do yes. know a couple of those first winners just because we saw those matches. Um, but yeah, let's see, because we have. All right. On the first corner, we had uh, Drago went up against Aerostar. We saw that Drago won there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Pentagon beat Arhenis. Yep. So then those two are slated to fight in the next round, Drago and Pentagon. And I'm pretty wow, sure that's, that's a big match. <laughs> yeah, because like you have both like recently turned different character guys that you would want mm-hmm. later in the tournament, right? So one of them's going to get knocked out pretty early on. Well, I think it's going to be Drago because after, like, because I'm pretty sure Aerostar and or Phoenix will get involved to kind of like mm-hmm. t- like cost Drago the match. You know, just mm. keep continuing this storyline because I think either they're going to have to straight up like beat Cobra Moon and like get Drago to turn again, or they're going to have to like recruit somebody else to like join their team and then like three on three, then beat them and get Drago back. Because I think that's the long term storyline here is okay. that they want to get Drago back to the yeah, side of good. They're not giving up on their friend. Right. So I think they're going to go after that, cost Drago the match, Pentagon will move on. Um, and then. In that same part of the bracket down uh, farther on, we had Mac beat Mala Suerte. Mala Suerte, yep. Uh, and then we had Tejano beat Famous Tejano. B. So then Mac and Tejano are set to face again. And these guys have fought a couple of times in the past. They have a little bit of a history. But I think Mac is going to be the one to get this uh, just because he's coming off of the all-night-long match. Like, he's still pretty mm-hmm. hot. Tejano's still, like, they need to warm him up again. Yeah, I mean, he's he's he. I consider him, like, a Mark Henry kind of a character. Mm-hmm. Easily warmed up heated up whatever you want to say and uh always like that in the background so to Mm -hmm. speak and i wonder if they're going to try and do anything with him with either brenda or famous b because like there was that little bit of interaction with him after his match Mm -hmm. with famous b where she like slapped him on the ass so that could just be like a one-off little thing because it's like ooh yeah i think he's hot or it could be like oh maybe i'm gonna go with him instead of famous b i don't know yeah and uh and well and you had the slight interaction with him and famous b right where famous yeah. B is like, I'll lay down for you, but then he picked him up and power bombed <laughs> yeah. him anyway. Yes, I mean that could even still be that it's like maybe he's gonna still set up with him, but he was like, ah, I'm just not gonna pin you like that. I'm gonna slam you first. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yes, yeah, so then you got Tejano and Mac in the next, uh, but I think Mac's gonna beat him. So then that will lead to uh, Pentagon versus Mac, and I think Pentagon will win that. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because I think Pentagon is a bigger player for them at this point. Um, and I could, like, he's definitely like, you, you see him as the long term project right. like Pentagon is definitely in their top priorities of characters mm-hmm. like if I think he's definitely in like their top three because mm-hmm. I would say it's like Puma him and then maybe like Sexy Star or Phoenix like there's a couple other guys that are kind of up in there but I'd say Pentagon is definitely up in there uh, alright so on the other side of that same half the bracket because this is a 32 man tournament it's pretty fucking big uh, we got Yabora, who's one of the lizard guys He's going to be going up against Paul London. I think Paul London will probably win that. But yeah, Lizard that, Guy doesn't. Yeah. But it's fucking irrelevant because whoever wins that match is going to be going up against Mil Muertes because Mil Muertes is going up, up against some no-name. Uh, so Mil oh, will win. You got, you got Mil, Mil coming off of a loss to Puma. Yeah, so Mil's going to have to get hot again. Uh, so yeah. Mil's going to beat that person. He's going to beat Paul London or Yabora. Um Actually, I have Mil, like, that was the easiest bracket to determine, because it's like, oh, Mil Muertes is in this corner? Okay. <laughs> so, eventually, Mil Muertes is going to fight Pentagon. I have mm-hmm. that as my in my semifinals. Um, but on the other side of that, we have, because this is, this is definitely kind of the loser side of the bracket, we have Jeremiah Crane going up against Killshot. 
I either have, one of those guys. I have Crane winning because on the other side we have uh, Joey Ryan and Taya. I think Taya will win that, and I think they would put Jeremiah Crane against Taya over Killshot. I don't know why. Yeah, but uh, no, I, no, no. I, I, yeah, because I mean Jeremiah Crane has done the mixed gender stuff, so right. So then I think Taya will probably win that because I think they're gonna try and push Taya a little bit. Let's yeah. see. Taya can well, Crane, and then Meal can destroy Taya because I think she would be the most sympathetic person to be destroyed by him Mm -hmm. so yeah and then you you have mill kind of drawing out mundo with that so to speak so exactly where that goes that would also put in some iron mundo perfect um or you you could actually even tell like a weirdly baby face story of taya being like well i want to try and make sure that meal doesn't get to mundo Mm. and then she gets destroyed the the woman defending her man's honor so to speak (laughs) she's defending his honor exactly Oh, and that'd be great. Oh, that's great heel stuff, too, for Mundo. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, so then, really interesting dynamic there. Yeah, so then we that sets up Pentagon and Meal on one side of the semifinals. On the other side, uh, so we've got Cage versus some guy named uh, Vinny. Uh, Cage is going to win. I've got Vinny Cage. Vinny Vegas? I, I don't even look at the last name. I just It was some fucking no name. Um, but then, then we've um, also got Mascarita Sagrada versus Pinder, which is like the other lizard. He's Luchasaurus, I think. Mm. Um, but whoever fucking wins out of that, I have Luchasaurus beating Masquerita, but then eventually Cage is just going to beat him anyway, so who fucking cares? <laughs> uh, we got Marty the Moth going against some guys called Saltador. I think Marty the Moth's going to beat him. Um, then you got Phoenix and Mariposa. I think Phoenix goes over. Then you have uh, Phoenix versus Marty the Moth. I think Phoenix goes over again. Uh, because then you have, in that bracket, kind of setting off, you have Cage and Phoenix as your kind of final match. Mm, that's a good uh, one. And I would say Cage goes over there as well to get into the semifinals. Uh, so then in yeah. the last bracket, we have uh, Sexy Star versus PJ Black. I think Sexy Star goes over there. Uh, and then you've got Ricky Mandel versus Prince Puma. Pretty fucking obvious Puma goes on there. <laughs> so then you've got Puma versus Sexy Star, which I think would be a very interesting match that they'll play up. But I think Puma will win that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, although I guess I could also see PJ Black winning and then... Like Puma beating PJ Black, but I have Sexy. Uh, then bottom of that bracket, you have Dragon Azteca going against Dante Fox. I think Dragon Azteca takes that. And then you have Son of Havoc versus Question Mark, who I think is going to be Matanza. So you have Matanza beat Son of Havoc. Then Matanza would go up against Dragon Azteca. I think Matanza beats him. So then the finals of that bracket, you have Puma versus Matanza. Mm, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Puma... Just conquered Mil Muertes, and now he has to go up against. Right. So this this leads into my overall theory for where they're going for the season two, because this has been Puma's redemption season. Mm-hmm. So he started out having lost again against Rey Mysterio, or lost against Rey Mysterio, and he's lost against all these different guys, and his first sort of mission was, I have to beat Mil Muertes. So he just mm-hmm. did that. So another really big guy that he's lost to was Matanza. So I think then he can beat Matanza in this tournament. And then eventually, because I have, I'll spoil this a little bit. I have Puma winning the tournament. Okay. Because then I also think Rey Mysterio might beat Mundo for this title. And then you have the ultimate super final redemption where he has to avenge his loss at Ultima Lucha 2. Against against Rey Mysterio, who would be the reigning Lucha Underground champion. Dude, that's amazing. So yeah, you have then you have Cage and Puma and Pentagon and Meal as the two semifinal matches. You would have Pentagon go over Meal, Puma go over Cage, 
finals are Pentagon and Puma. Puma gets the win. Nicely done. That's what I have. I like it. So, we'll see if it's right. <laughs> I guarantee it's going to be just as good as what I put together or better because Lucha Underground is such a damn good promotion. Yeah. Um, so, besides all the tournament stuff, we had one of the greatest quotes I've heard on a wrestling show ever, which mm. was when Johnny Mundo is informed that he will be facing Rey Mysterio, he gets scared and needs to get to his dojo right away and runs out without pants. And the quote is said, there's no time for pants. Yes, there's no time for pants, which is actually probably going to be the title of this episode. <laughs> and, um, you know, I think it, this is the other reason I thought they might have uh, waited to post the engagement thing was because maybe the engagement is the reason he has no time for pants. Because now he and Ty are banging even more. <laughs> there's never time for pants. There's I'm bagging so much, dude. I can't even get pants on. <laughs> um, and the only other highlight I have is Luke Cage uh, straight up murdering a guy. <laughs> yeah, Cage just fucking exploded a dude's head with his fist. <laughs> like, holy shit! Holy I did not shit. expect that. Like, oh I thought God. like choke him out or something, or throw him through the wall, or th- and nope, just fist through skull. Oh, dude, you know what? Maybe he'll kill Luchasaurus. Maybe this is how they get rid of that stupid-ass character. He'll just punch Luchasaurus's head off and explode it. Right in the middle of the ring. <laughs> right in the middle of the ring. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh, all right, you know, we should get into some predictions for Money in the Bank, because that is coming yes. up this Sunday. All right. Starting off, I think this is the main event match. Everyone's looking forward to this. Naomi versus Lana for the women's <laughs> Ooh, barn burner. Uh, yeah. I might go set my barn on fire and burn it down if Lana wins. I think wins, it's going to be six stars. Gonna... I think it's going to break Dave Meltzer's. Dude, it's going to be six and a half. It's even better than <laughs> Okada Omega 2. <laughs> Dude, that match. Holy shit. Uh, I, I only got to watch some of the highlights so far, but uh, <laughs> at least one in particular I wanted to point out that I thought was great was that uh, Omega passing out to dodge yes. the Rainmaker. That, that was so perfect. The guy is just such a good heel. Uh, I think this is... I so, I guess for this one, I want to say Naomi should win. Yeah, but Naomi should win. Naomi should fucking just kick Lana's ass. Like, this should almost be a squash. Leave her laying. Like, just, like, toy with her. Fucking, ki- like, do that reap... Yeah, you know, where she has, like, she takes advantage of her long legs and she was, like, kicking Carmella in the ass. Mm-hmm. She should do that to Lana all day. <laughs> Just kick that bitch in the ass. But we know better. I have a strange feeling that Lana wins this. God damn it. You know what if, you know what fucking sold it even more too was when they fucking mentioned that it matched the dress. <laughs> they said, look, the title matches the dress. And I bet Vince was like, God damn it, it does. Put that title on her. Uh, I'm real quick looking at the betting odds right now. I, I'm see. pretty sure. I think the betting odds are actually still in Naomi's favor. But you should check. that Because that made me happy because I was like, oh, god damn it. Maybe we are just too cynical. <laughs> Maybe we are just too cynical thinking that Lana's going to win. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think, I think WWE's going to do it. I think they're going to put it on Lana. Even if it's for a very short amount of time. Mm-hmm. 
I think they'll put it on Lana. <sighs> Fuck. Why are they doing this? No, they can't be that stupid, can they? I think they can. What What do the odds say? Uh, I just got to the page. When was it? Oh, Naomi's still fa- heavily favored. Negative 500 versus Lana plus 300. Okay, that's pretty good odds. Yeah. Uh, I guess I would be more embarrassed if I ended up picking not Naomi and being wrong, though. So I'm still going to stick with my gut, and I think mm-hmm. Naomi, I think Lana's winning this. God damn it. Um, <laughs> then we have the women's, the first ever women's Money in the Bank ladder match. Uh, Becky Lynch, Charlotte, Natalia, Tamina, and Carmella. This is This is a little bit hard to call. I'm going. My dark horse is Carmella. If, yeah, I think if I'm if I'm trying to go most with what I think they're going to do, I think you're right. It's probably going to be Carmella, but I do think there's a strong possibility for Becky Lynch because I could definitely see like with Carmella. Do you imagine uh, Ellsworth like getting helping her get the briefcase? Yeah, and then like part Total of the gimmick being stuff. like he carries yeah. around the briefcase for her and shit. Yeah, yeah, I could I could totally fucking see that. Um, so yeah, it's, it's hard to argue against Carmella cause I definitely think that that could happen, but I think, mm-hmm. I think Carmella and Becky would both be really good choices. I think that if they decided to go with Charlotte or Natalia, it's like, okay, I think just as long as they don't give it to Tamina, then they're okay. Yeah. <laughs> like Tamina is the only really wrong choice, but I'll, I'll yeah. say Natalia might be a slight wrong choice just because the money in the bank holder needs to be really good at promos. So, yeah. Well, my my only um, counter reasoning for like maybe why that is because I'm wondering. All right, um, my second question to you about money in the bank is: Do you think we see a same night cash in? I think we do because rarely do they want two cases out there at the same time. Yeah, that was that was almost part of my thinking. Is like we might see it just because of that, but mm. I don't. It's hard because, like, I think because I think it's most likely probably that Carmella will win. I think you're right, mm. and I think that she'll probably hold on to her for a little while. Because yeah. I think that if anybody's going to do a same night cash, it would have to be the women's because they did the same night cash in for the men last year. Yeah, and they don't want to repeat that. So I think they we may get a little bit of time with both. See, I think we actually will get a little bit of time with both. But if there was going to be a same night cash in, I could although because this is fucking hard because they wouldn't do a same night cash in if Lana wins. I don't think. No. But they... You know what? Would, would Carmella do a same night cash-in on Naomi? Yeah, she's already gotten two pins on her. That could be... Okay, maybe. Like she is... could be like, I already got two pins on her and I wanted... It's a, it's a great heel thing. I already got two pins on her and I yeah. took advantage of when I could get it next. It would be good, but I still think it, like the it's, it'd be too irresistible not to have Ellsworth carry around that briefcase for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, just for a little bit. That's yeah. that's too good to pass up. So I actually I'm going to bet against. I don't think we get a same night cash in. Okay. Because I think if if we did, no, I'm not even going to entertain it anymore. I don't think it's happening. Because <laughs> I could endlessly speculate. You know that. Um, just to let you know, betting odds both for the men and women, the uh, odds of a same night cash in is plus five hundred. Okay, so not great odds. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think... Yeah. But, you know what, just to be different from you, I'm going to say maybe Becky gets it. Okay. But I can see um, Next up, we got the Tag Team Championship. Usos versus the New Day. Um, I want to see Usos retain here, and I think they do. 
I think we want to keep this uh, feud going because I think it's been really thriving the tag team division on SmackDown. Yeah, it's it's definitely not at its boiling point yet. It's not it's not done, so they need to keep going. The new day literally just started, like, mm-hmm. and and with kind of like where the Usos have been at this point, because most of their time on SmackDown, they've kind of been like the team, and everybody else has to measure up against. Mm-hmm. So New They're Day this... is finally the team that they have to measure up against. Yeah. So I think they need to get the win here. Mm-hmm. And plus, like, it, you know, there's a little bit more money in the chase, and it's it's inevitable. New Day's going to get those titles eventually. Just yeah. Just we not can right wait. Now. We don't have to do it yet. Uh, then we have the men's Money in the Bank ladder match: Kevin Owens, AJ Styles, Baron Corbin, Sami Zayn, Dolph Ziggler, and Shinsuke Nakamura. I think we probably uh. This one seems a lot easier to call for me. I think. Well, it's you Corbin. think Baron, right? Oh, do you not think it's Baron Corbin? Uh, I'm thinking because then it's two heels on both women, and well, at least for my predictions. Yeah. Um, if I went with Baron on this one, I would have Carmella heel along with Baron heel. Mm. So I'm gonna throw Nakamura out there. Ooh, even though he's he was the one on the go home show to hold the briefcase. Mm-hmm. Oof. I want to break WWE's trend. Wow, that would be ballsy as fuck. If they just decided, like, you know what? We're doing it for the Japanese guy. We're going to break all of our stereotypes for the Japanese guy. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Hmm. Hmm. So then, how would, how, do, how would you envision a Nakamura, Mr. Money in the Bank reign going? Like, how long would he hold on to that? I think he would hold on to it for a while. I think he would definitely do the honorable cash-in. I think he would announce it ahead of time, which hasn't been done too often. Do I think, think it's only been twice. Do you think maybe he would fuck with people a couple times? Like, I think, make them think he was going to cash it in when they were down, yeah, but either, then he'll be like, no, I'll wait. <laughs> yeah, and I th- either that or, like, he doesn't know how it exactly works. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. What, are you going to say, like, what, he, like, can't read the contract? <laughs> yeah. Oh no, that would be that's that's bad WWE. <laughs> well, because if he can't read but that yeah. contract, how do he fucking read his superstar contract? How does he know he's not getting paid like five dollars? <laughs> Maybe that's why. Or is that his motivation for winning the Money in the Bank? Because he thinks there's money in that co- in the briefcase? <laughs> because he did he got fucked over on his contract. He throws away the contract. Like I wanted money, not a contract. He just tears it up. He's like, I wanted money. <laughs> oh my god! And then he could he could uh, go find Titus Brand and be like, Hey, look, I hear that you know how to make it rain yen. So I'm here. <laughs> I heard from my friend Akira Tozawa that you make it rain yen. <laughs> uh, then we have our main event: Jinder Mahal versus Randy Orton, regular old singles Wait, match. With- do you seriously think Nakamura is winning this? Yeah. Like, you actually think this. This isn't fantasy booking. You think Nakamura's winning. Yes. Wow. I want to be in the world that you live in, <laughs> where, where I could believe that that would happen. We'll I hate to someday. disappoint you, friend. Baron Corbin's winning that son of a bitch. Especially because they've been building up that whole goddamn thing with Sami Zayn to build to the heart-crushing moment that I know is going to happen, because I want Sami Zayn to win this. So he's going to almost gonna get it. Sammy's going to be almost then... getting it, and then Baron Corbin's going to throw that motherfucker off the top of the ladder and then take the case. We shall see. Uh, 
Then we have our main event, like I was saying before, Jinder Mahal versus Randy Orton. This is an easy one. I think Jinder retains. Yeah, I think Jinder retains. Um, side bet, do you think uh, Cowboy Bob Orton shows up? I think, and I think he does. I think uh, Randy Orton's like high spot is going to be like Cowboy taking out one of the Singh brothers. Mm, yep. I think he like wears the cast and like knocks one of them out when they try to interfere. One or both. I could see him taking out both of them. Yeah. He wears two cast clotheslines them at the same time. <laughs> oh my god, I could see him doing like a McFoley thing. He, he already has one on and then like pulls the other one out of his pants or something. <laughs> Straps it on, takes both guys out. My spare cast. <laughs> but yeah, then uh, General yeah. Hall wins through some sort of shenanigans. Yep. Because yeah, I, I think they're, they're definitely seem to be setting up with the July 4th comeback with John mm-hmm. Cena. And it's I before think... any other SmackDown pay-per-view, correct? Yes. Yeah, well, yeah, because it's even before Balls of Fire, so. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. Well, I've seen it come back and start up a program with gender. Probably uh, go to SummerSlam would be my guess. Um, Battleground is a SmackDown event, which is taking place on... I don't think they have a date yet. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, wow. It's in Philadelphia, July 23rd. Hmm, July 23rd in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how that card develops. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. Really looking forward to this Money in the Bank paper. Uh, I'm tentative. I'm tentative about this one. I'm really excited about the women's Money in the Bank match. I'm very excited. Actually, you know what? I'm even I'm excited for both because I think the guys involved in the men's Money in the Bank match is really going to be exciting. Mm-hmm. I'm just I'm just sad because I'm so confident that Corbin's going to win, mm-hmm. <laughs> and Corbin just he sucks. Like he's he's not good enough to be Mister Money in the Bank at this point. No, like, he's just not. And I don't, I don't know if he ever will be. Like you know who would be Shinsuke Nakamura. Yeah, I actually agree. I think Shinsuke Nakamura would be a better pick for it. Because actually, I think he could do some interesting weird shit with it. Like I said, mm-hmm. with like the faking, faking out the cash in, like just fucking with people. Oh my god, yeah, he's weird like and that. And then, and then finishing it off with the honorable cash in of, I want to face you at this future date for the title. I, either that, or I could actually, I'd be totally okay with him. Then eventually, just getting to the point, but like whoever he's fucking with, then eventually he does just fuck them over and just cash it in. Because mm-hmm. I think he's a trickstery enough. Like that he can get away with that it. He, he could get away with doing that. Because I like on the opposite side with Sami Zayn, because I would really love to see Sami Zayn win this even more. Because mm-hmm. I would like to see him do the straight up honorable cash and just being like, this is the damn cashing it in. Call his shot, fucking win the match. Like just Yeah, pure baby face it out. That's what I would like. But I, I know that's not gonna happen. We shall see this coming Sunday. Um we'll be back next week covering money in the bank and all the other regular shows so follow us on social media twitter at smart brothers facebook super smart brothers and shoot us an email like our couple people have done the past couple weeks with these questions super smart brothers at gmail.com yeah, and we talked about who uh, was the greatest intercontinental champion this time um that so was we'll one. see what's the most interesting question i get this time and then uh, rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and our original home of Podbean. Peace out, motherfuckers. <laughs>